I tell people I work at a data company. And then if they really inquire, I'll be like, ah, I do real estate data. It usually takes like three levels in before I'm like, ah, I'm like help people buy and sell real estate. That's the voice of Ethan Flynn, who seems to have a difficult time explaining to folks that he's a real estate agent. It's funny because he is an agent and he does indeed work for a brokerage in Nashville. Yet at the same time, he's so much more than that. He's a husband and a father who's moved mountains to care for his young daughter. He's a curious soul who wants nothing more than to share his quest for knowledge with the world. And the best part of it all is that he's a man after my own heart. I know this even though we've only been friends for a few months. Me and Ethan from Eastern Tennessee. We spent a good hour talking a few weeks ago before the flu took over my entire household, which I suppose is a story for another time. But with Ethan, I was really curious about how he found himself in the real estate business, being that he'd never thought much about it. We eventually got into much deeper topics like the human desire to connect with others, what life would be like without a real estate license, even how it feels to be a YouTube sensation of sorts, at least amongst those interested in the Nashville real estate market. Yeah, it's funny. I was just, I was looking at commercial mortgage-backed securities before we started talking, looking for, you know, what loans are maturing, how risky those loans are, are they going to default or, you know, I mean, obviously, unless you're on the inside, you don't know what conversations they're having with the the lenders, but it doesn't take long to find a property that's that's in the 10 to 20 to $30 million range, even up to $100 million. That's just, you just look at it and you go, man, how's this going to turn out? In fact, I was talking to somebody today, we were looking at a property. Uh, it's a $100 million building downtown, um, fully leased up, 100% leased up. 10 of the floors, I mean, that multiple of the tenants are leaving to go to a new trendy office area in downtown Nashville. And so this big $100 million building is going to be empty uh, in the next 12, 24 months. As these leases expire, it's just going to be empty. And so here you have a building, $120 million building. What's going to happen to it? I'll probably do a video on it. But uh yeah, I mean, it's just it's just wild because you look at that and you think, oh, that's healthy, that's good. No, it's not. It's very bad. I think in times like this, you have to be very hyper-local. Like every situation deserves attention and underwriting and, and thinking through and creativity. And that to me is where you get the opportunity. Uh, when, when you start seeing institutions uh, write off asset classes, you know, which I don't think anybody's like fully doing, but I think there are, there are gaps where people are just not touching it. Investors are just not touching it. And so that to me is interesting. Anytime the conversation stops, that's, that's exciting to me. You know, as someone who's trying very hard to learn and ultimately share the fundamentals of real estate investment, I think it's really impressive how much you know about the more artful, more complicated aspects of investing. And I say that because creativity isn't exactly the most common term we use to describe real estate, yet it's so true in the sense that thinking outside the box is indeed called for, especially in today's economy. Now I'm really curious about how and why you became a real estate agent in the first place. So I hated accounting. I took accounting in college and absolutely hated it. And so I, I was a very non-traditional CPA. 
in the sense that uh, after I got through my basic accounting courses, I got a degree in economics and thought I would never touch accounting again. Uh, but as I got involved and I taught for three years, then I then I uh, went to work for a wholesale distributor. Um, and as I worked in that company, managing operations, I became very interested in the financials and very interested in accounting. And so I said, I asked, uh, I said, I want to get my CPA. So I want to understand what's going on. And so I got my CPA really from a pragmatic standpoint of trying to understand what was happening, not because I wanted to practice public accounting. And so uh, I got my CPA and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And I really, my ambition drove uh, drove us to move to Nashville, where we could, we were in a small city, Johnson City, which is four hours east of Nashville. And so uh, when I was in Nashville, I was working at Assurian, um, doing something called FP&A, which is essentially, you know, I equate it to being an extroverted CPA, which means that I talk to the business and accounting. Accounting doesn't want to talk to the business. Business doesn't want to talk to accounting. Then there's extroverted CPA that comes in and is like, okay, I know what this, the accountants want. I know what the business wants. Let's figure out how to make it work and put it on PowerPoint slides, super simple so that everybody can see it, FP&A. So that's kind of what I did. And I did that for several years. COVID hit. While I was doing that, when I moved from Johnson City to Nashville, we had just bought a house in Johnson City. And this is where I discovered real estate. Um, we didn't know what we were going to do. We just bought the house. Let's try to rent it. We could rent it for almost, a, we, we could rent it for $800 more than we our mortgage payment. I thought that's the craziest thing on earth. I I bought this house for, I just never wanted to buy a house. I never wanted to buy, I avoided it. And my wife was like, we were, we have to buy a house. So I was like, okay. And we bought this house and we're renting it one year later. One year later, we had only lived in it for $800 more a month than what we were paying on the mortgage. And I thought that's just the craziest thing. That's awesome. So we moved to Nashville where we rented that house and we rented for two years. And I looked for another property to buy because I want to do the same thing in Nashville. And we finally found a mismarketed property in Silicon Park. And it was mismarketed in the sense that it was a weird property. The people who owned it didn't, they had an auxiliary dwelling unit, but they didn't rent it out. So they didn't have any kind of, you know, historicals to show you, hey, here's what you can do with the property. And because it was a townhouse, nobody really understood the property. So you couldn't even explain it in a listing. In fact, we ended up selling it. We did not sell it in a listing. We essentially sold it off market. It was awesome. And so I got hooked. Well, I'm working at the Assurian at the time. Um, I'm telling everybody like, hey, look, you can do this. Here's how you do it. Here's the math. Uh, this is the coolest thing on earth. And now I am renting out the auxiliary dwelling unit. We're living in the main, the nicest house we've ever lived in and you know they're subsidizing our mortgage we're paying less than we would have paid in rent and you know we're gonna live here for two years save up more money and to go buy another house well two years later 2020 covid hit um my daughter got very sick her kidneys failed she had kidney failure and so we still rented out that house, but we ended up renting in Franklin when we were going to buy. We tried to buy, just couldn't make it work. Um, but we, it was COVID. So we we're all just sitting there like, what do we do? I decided to get my real estate license. And so um, that led 
to buying a commercial 24 apartment, 24 units. Um, and that worked out very well. And then, you know, 2022, April, 2022, we just sold everything. Nothing made sense anymore. So we just sold it. People were acting like they wanted it way more than made sense to me. So I just, I just stepped out. Um, but we've been looking ever since. I think I might have shared this with you the first time we met, but I also know a thing or two about caring for a young kiddo in a very difficult situation, finding the right hospital to be close to, finding the right team of physicians and caretakers, and like you, literally moving out of state to make it all happen. And I'm not sure how often you ask yourself this, but as the journey unfolded and as my daughter began to heal from her procedures, the question became, now what do I do? That's a great question. I reassess a lot, um, all the time. I, uh, whenever I worked at Assurian, I always told them I, I reassess on my work anniversary, my birthday, and uh, the new year. So I reassess all the time. And, you know, I didn't plan on being a real estate agent. I just... I did, I did like YouTube and I love, I was like, I just, I'm have I want to present what I'm learning. And for some reason, this was the one thing that really stuck was the housing. And so I started doing that. Um, and then as I did it, I realized there were a lot of people that would love to use me as a real estate agent. And I thought that'd be fun. So I, I, you know, I've only been doing it for in the, the worst market history for about six months, really only since August full time. Um, and, uh, you know, the vast majority, I mean, I spent uh, a, a lot a lot of time trying to talk people out of buying. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, that makes me feel better. It, because when I do tell somebody to buy or I do help somebody buy, it's usually a much better situation than the average. And we've had some real home runs this year. In fact, I've got one closing in December. You know, fingers crossed. We've got to make, gotta make the finish line. But, you know, they're going to get a sub 3% mortgage um, on a property that is – um, uh, it's, it's, it's a, I'm going to use ballpark numbers here, but it's $480,000, two doors down a property sold for the same price, but it was a two bed, two bath, 400 square feet smaller. So this guy's getting, a, a, getting a comp where he's like incredible comps. Um, and, uh, I told him I thought it was a good deal from, from the get go. And, and it took him a while. He's in town. So it took him a while to get on board, but, uh, and they're going to assume the mortgage. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we'll see how that goes. We, we, we got to make it happen. It's not done yet. But I mean, it's incredible deal. The value from a comp perspective, he could rent it out for more than his mortgage. Um, and, you know, he's getting something that, you know, he wanted to live in with his wife. It's, it's great. So stuff like that's very rewarding for me. Um but I don't know. I, I don't, I, to me, like, I'm also very interested in buying something big, you know, something seven or eight figures, which is big to me, you know, and that's small in real estate, but like, uh, you know, I'd love to buy a commercial property again. I got really hooked on commercial. And so, um, you know, I'm starting to see what I, you know, I just want the math to work. I don't care. I mean, if I'm the only person in the, in the world talking to somebody about a property, if the math makes sense, like I, I want to, I want to make it work. So I, I'm trying to make some work and I'm close, you know, I'm a lot closer than I was a year ago or even six months ago or even three months ago. 
So I, I finally found some properties that I think, you know, who knows? Every time I get optimistic, it doesn't it doesn't work out. So I don't want to say anything, but I'm hoping and in several months I can say that I finally bought something. It's pretty, I mean, it's still scary. It's all there's always risk, right? You can always think about, you know, ways that it could go wrong. So and I'm I am open to leverage. So I I usually, you know, I'm not like a no debt guy. The 24 unit, we one hundred percent financed. Yeah, we were very creative uh, with that. So I'm you know, I do conservative underwriting, but I'll finance it 100%. If the bank wants to take 100% of the risk, I'll let them have it, you know? <laughs> like, uh, it doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't let them take the risk. So that's the way I think about it, but I don't know. So assuming you stay with real estate, which if I'm being honest would be my guess, what type of investments do you see yourself getting into? Of course, considering all the research and the due diligence you do on a daily basis. I'll probably get into buying and selling businesses. Um, that's something I'm interested in is uh, small, small, medium businesses, people trying to sell businesses, um, understanding, you know, my dad was a small business and I watched him operate it and it was, uh, it was fascinating to me. So if I could buy a business, it would probably be something on my list to do. I would really enjoy that. Uh, if I could find something in manufacturing or distribution or something related to kind of hard assets, very tangible, I would, I would enjoy that. I think, I think that might be on the list of things to do at some point in my weird career journey. Uh, if I can't make real, like if real estate doesn't work, I'm giving real estate a year. I've got till August of next year, full time to say, really June. I'll probably give it till June. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, you can only talk so many buyers out of buying and then you gotta do something else. <laughs> so it, it's fun though. I'm, I'm having fun. I really enjoy, I can't tell you. To me, like the, the people I meet makes it so worth it. I had met just the greatest people. Yeah, moving to moving to Tennessee, moving to Nashville. I get to talk to them and learn about their journeys, learn about why they're moving. Uh, probably the best best part of being a real estate agent is how personal the transaction is for the people that you're helping, and the vulnerability and the excitement that they have in going through that and inviting you into the process is incredible. I, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So that's the part I love the most. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a very, I'm not a very good at sales in the sense that I'm not trying to get people to buy and I'm not trying to, the people that are buying, I'm not like really pushy. I mean, you know, even, even if I think it's a good deal, I'll be like, it's a good deal. You know, tell me if you want it. <laughs> I'm not going to like try to talk you into it. Oh, this last guy, the guy that's getting the assumable that's under 3%, he's crushing it. I did. I was a little pushy with him. I was like, you need to buy this house. <laughs> this is such a good deal. Uh, but no, I'm not really. I, I don't. I don't. I just want to sleep at night, you know, and I feel like this market, who knows what's going to happen. And I'm not a huge fan of, of a lot of the, the things that happen. But, but, but meeting the people is my favorite, by far my favorite part about real estate.
it's it's just fantastic. And Nashville is kind of interesting too, because a lot of people are moving in that, to Nashville. And so I've met just I, from all over the world. Uh, we have our one of our agents now on our team. Uh, his name's Martin. He literally emails me at the beginning of this year, and he's like, "Hey, two Brits move into Nashville." That's all it said, and I was like, "What in the world is this?" So we help him buy a house, and these guys—they're investors. He's a property investor in the UK. He owns like fifteen houses, and in the UK, um, I don't know what they call them flat. I don't know what they call them in the UK. I don't know what they are, but anyways, he's a property investor there. Um, I hope he's not listening to this. He's going to be like, "What's wrong with you?" Uh, but anyways. He's awesome. I mean, he's 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 very handy. Loves renovating things. Looks at properties. Has opinions. And so, uh, so I talked him into being a real estate agent in uh, in the Nashville area. I'm like, come on, do this with me. So it's really fun. We're having fun. Um, he's very excited about it. So, so tell me more about the emotional aspects of being in real estate. And I ask because having been through it myself, I can attest to the emotional roller coaster we all go through during the course of a transaction, clients and agents alike. Do you find it difficult to manage that burden alongside your family and especially the journey your daughter's going through? And I think for me, the emotional toll comes in of putting someone in a bad financial position. Maybe it's just the way I think about it, but like, I think this is the biggest expense they're going to make in their life. They only do this very rarely in their life, if ever. And I have the responsibility of like helping them think through that decision. Um, and that's why that's why I've decided to craft my, I don't know if you call it call to action or marketing, whatever you want to call it. But just to say, look, unless you meet this criteria, please don't reach out to me. Um, I can't be helpful to you. Um, I'm just going to tell you not to buy. And um, it's not that I don't want to help. I really enjoy it. <laughs> like I really enjoy meeting everybody, but I just feel, I feel like exactly what you just said. I just don't feel like I would feel good. And then I would feel, I would just worry, you know? And so I would much rather, you know, someone's, someone's got cash, they want to buy, they know what they want to buy, or they just want to help you know, help navigating decision or navigating, you know, it's like, they understand they're placing their wealth. They've got their wealth in a few different places. Great. Nashville is a great place to uh, store wealth. Um, but from a financial risk perspective, you know, the math just doesn't make sense. So I, it would be very hard for me to help people buy and put in a, in a bad position. Again, very odd to hear a real estate agent saying, how he doesn't want folks buying homes. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not that I don't want to buy. It's that I don't think they should buy. Uh, I would love for them to buy. I'd love for the math. I've been rooting for the math to make sense for a while now, um, for two years. I actually thought that I would be more of like an internet troll when I started. Like, I, I just thought that what I was saying would be taken as just like dismissed, you know? And what I found was was very well received, and um, the people that have reached out to me are, are by and large very well educated people, very well researched people. They're uh, looking for uh, data driven decision making. Um, it was it was surprising to me. Uh, I really 
uh, was humbled by that, to be honest with you. Um, because a lot of these people are smarter than me in a lot of ways. And I ask them for feedback and for uh, information and for how they see things. And they help me uh, craft charts and think through things because they're, you know, a lot of engineering minds really connect to my, I've had a lot of enge engineers reach out to me, believe it or not. Pretty cool. For those who are curious about how we met, being that you are a long ways from California, I should explain that I was introduced to you by our mutual friend Jody Halsey, who I'd met in Salt Lake City a few years back, and who happens to be your former college roommate from back in the day. It's such an interesting connection, right? Because I sort of randomly met Jody at dinner that night, and of course I was asking him about bourbon, being that he's from Kentucky. And the next thing you know, we're outside the restaurant talking about things like leadership and personal development. And we organically keep in touch over the years. And I, I text him one day about whether he knows a real estate agent in Tennessee. And here we are talking today. Which, as I make my way back to our conversation, is a great segue to the question I look forward to asking every time we have someone on this podcast. In your mind, how do we move forward each day? despite everything that could potentially go wrong. How do we make tomorrow a better version of today? So I'm extroverted and, you know, we were going through a very hard time with my family and I just came off a really big home run in real estate. And um, so I think for me, the motive was like, how do I connect with people? What am I, what am I knowledgeable in? What do, what do I have to share with the world that I could, you know, maybe gain some traction on and can connect with people, you know, because I can't go out and see them. I mean, we were, we were hiding. We were not in public for two years almost. I mean, like non-public, you know, we would go to the grocery store, like in 95 up, put your glasses on. I mean, it was bad. And so, you know, for an extrovert, and my daughter, she's an extrovert, to, get, to tell you how bad it was for her, she loved going to the hospital. She loves the hospital because she used to see people. So, I mean, we were really worried about her. Um, so for me, it was a way to connect with people. So that, I mean, like, that, was, that was my primary motive is like, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, like I love, you know, uh, connecting with people and like, thing what you know i'm opinionated i love politics and religion and whatever you want to say i just have opinions on everything so all the things you don't want to talk about at thanksgiving i love talking about so uh for me that's what it was it was like here's something that i can connect on with people and uh actually am knowledgeable enough and you know and it just turned into something else it was like no let's try it you know i don't know I felt bad. Well, really what, what happened was I wasn't intending to quit my job, but I kept doing showings and I was really not doing, you know, I, I, I was getting my time split. Like I was not giving really what I should have been giving at work. And so I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta try this. So that's really what happened. Uh, so yeah, I don't, you know, it's not exactly the best time to be a real estate agent. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't like oh I want to be a real estate agent though. Uh but yeah that was that's my motive. Just connect with people. 
in the end, like I'm meeting really fun people. Um, we're all becoming real estate agents. You know, I say we're all like I'm, I'm recruiting the people I help buy and, uh, you know, we're having fun together. We all, we're all friends, you know, I'm friends with everybody that I help. And that's, what's really fun. That to me is like fantastic. Hey there, fam. Appreciate you listening to yet another episode. While this will be the last one for 2023, I just wanted to let you know that we've got big plans for the coming year. Coffee sessions, investment tours, and hopefully lots of growth opportunities in real estate as well as in life. Stay connected if it makes sense and don't hesitate to reach out. You know where to find us.